This is the Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM Out Q109. Q109. I'm Larry Flick, and this is the Jolt on Sirius XM Out Q109. It is such a delight to welcome back to the studio one of my all-time favorite ladies and one of the great actors of our generation, Glenn Close. Looking smashing as always. Do you ever have a bad day? Oh, yes, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a session with Sherry and Diana from, you know, we worked for five years together on damages, so... Well, you're looking to do me up. You're looking very glamorous, and you've brought you've brought family with you. My beloved nephew Kalen and my sister Jess. Welcome, folks. It's nice to meet you you both. And and actually, you brought three people. Who is this beautiful little animal? This is Snitz. Snitz. She is a Chihuahua Yorkie mix. She's my emotional support service dog. I love. And she will just sit there. She's so perfectly behaved. And I was telling telling everyone before we turn the mics on that um, I'm, I'm at heart uh, a dog person, even though I have cats in my life right now. And um, she's so beautiful. So thank you for bringing her and making me happy too. <laughs> so now, so Glenn and, and, and her, her lovely family are here to talk with us about something super duper important. In case you did not know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And in 1999, um, Glenn uh, founded the Bring Change to Mind organization, um, and the the idea is to is to work on destigmatizing folks who have um, mental issues. You know, one in four families are affected by some form of mental illness, and sixty million Americans live with a mental health condition. Yet two thirds it's a huge number. Two thirds do not seek treatment and stigma is very often to blame and i'm going to tell you from the outset that i used to be one of those two-thirds i suffer from chronic depression Mm. the kind that leads you to very frightening irrational thoughts Mm -hmm. and for the longest time i was afraid to seek treatment because i thought i would either lose my job Mm -hmm. or once i moved from being a print journalist into radio i thought Treatment is going to stop me from being good at what I do because I was afraid of what the treatment would do to me. Mm-hmm. So I know firsthand what this is all about. And, and um, so I know why you formed this organization, but why don't you share with folks who are listening why you decided to create Bring Change to Mind? Well, to really cut to the chase, I decided to create it because Jesse and Kaylin asked me to. Um, it was shocking to me how little I knew about what they had been struggling with for a long time. Um, I knew that Kalen had been diagnosed, and he spent two years in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, Jessie wasn't diagnosed until she was properly, until she was 51 years old. And um, one summer when we were at our mom's house in Wyoming, this is before, obviously, she was diagnosed properly, she came to me and said, um, I need your help. Uh, I can't stop thinking of killing myself. And so that led directly to getting her help at, a, at the, actually the same hospital that Kaylin had been in. And um, after that, they asked me to, to help in some way uh, with their struggle. So um, it seemed 
you know, the stigma and discrimination is as bad as these illnesses themselves, and it keeps millions of people from seeking treatment, and it seemed like the the trickiest but the best place to be. It's interesting because, you know, you read articles and books about how um, many, many years ago, in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, even the 50s, terrible things would happen to people who stepped forward and said they had some sort of mental health condition, and to be still carrying stigma in 2013 is, in my mind, almost a criminal act, to be completely honest. So, Jesse, um, had you not, why had you not shared, even with your family, what you were thinking? I didn't know what was wrong. You didn't know? So why, if you don't mind me, because I, I, I try to understand my own reasoning why I didn't want to tell people. Because I used to um, have such great fortune in my life. And I would think it doesn't feel like fortune. It feels like an albatross. Mm -hmm. It feels like too much to handle. One small glitch in my day would send me off the emotional cliff. Um, and I was afraid to tell people because I thought they would think I was, quote, crazy. Right. Is that what held you back? Actually, I used uh, alcohol and drugs for Did a good you? many years to help me. It it was medication of the kind that one should never ever use. Um, if I think it made things worse in the in the long run, um, but I finally reached out to my family, mm. uh, and I was diagnosed for the first time when I was forty-seven with just bipolar disorder. I don't mean just bipolar disorder, but <laughs> bipolar disorder one. But there weren't any little subheadings that, because uh, I still wasn't well. Um, when I was properly diagnosed, they added the little sub subheading of um, um, psychotic side effects, and um, that's not the right word. Tendencies. Tendencies. Psychotic tendencies. Okay. And um, when that was treated with uh, a good antipsychotic, I've I've just been blooming ever since and it was as simple a matter as as seeking uh, uh analysis and then medication to chemically balance mm -hmm. and and was it i remember when i finally started to take medication i remember thinking this was almost too damn easy what's wrong with me why did i wait so long for something that's so damn easy uh -huh. is that what you thought Actually, I've I've I developed two allergies for two medications, so oh, it really? hasn't been that easy for me finding exactly the right thing that I the right kinds of medications. I'm finally on the right ones, and I feel I feel perfectly all right in the way that some people start to feel well mm. and there's no holding them back and then they decide to stop taking their medication and still still after all this i will get that little niggling thought of oh, there's nothing wrong with you oh you can God. just stop jesse three years ago i stopped taking my medication because i said i'm okay and it took me three months to detoxify from it. Uh -huh. And when my body finally said, you're done with the medicine, there's nothing in your bloodstream, I was so, uh, a friend of mine who also suffers from, from depressive uh, issues, 
we call it uh, in the bummer tent. I was mm-hmm. so deep in the bummer tent that I didn't think I was ever coming out. Yeah. And in order to buffer <clears throat> that period of transition back onto my medication, I had to take uh, Klonopin. Mm. And I had to do a happy morning radio show on Klonopin. <laughs> Good luck, America. <laughs> y'all, if y'all were listening then, those were funny, weird times, weren't they? <laughs> so, goodness gracious. So, but, but here's the thing that I'm fascinated by. So, so Kaylin, you, you, um, were, you, you were diagnosed with, with, um, uh, uh, Schiz- give me the proper name because Schiz- people just say schizo and that feels like a derogatory word. Oh, definitely. Um, I was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder. Now, you were diagnosed before before your mom came before, forward. Before she had her final diagnosis, yes. So, Jesse, what was that like to see your son? Were you feeling all this darkness around you as your son was going through this? Did you think it was because she's nodding right now? I don't want to. Were, were you were you thinking that some of the darkness you were experiencing was because you were sad about Kaylin? Um, there was there was a lot of sadness and grief around Kaylin. Yeah, I didn't think I'd ever see him again. It was wasn't Kaylin. Did it slow up your own diagnosis? I you know I think if I had had the the right diagnosis in the first place um i would have been in a better place right. um but i was i was still drinking a lot uh when he went into the hospital i i quit drinking i'm 12 years sober now and i awesome thank you um i quit drinking the year before he he came home and so Kaylin, what what did it feel like for you to finally surrender to the idea that you had this issue and that you needed help? Oh man, um, that took a long, long time, and I, I think um, I had already been in the hospital for for two years. Um, you know, I, I don't think I really accepted um, my diagnosis and that I had a a mental illness until. I want to say like two or three years ago. So let me ask you, um, again, as someone who, who I don't have uh, as as extreme a condition as you do, but it's harder to be a man to admit, and admit this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, there's that whole macho thing, you know, and you, that, you know, people, you're supposed to be stoic and, and, and uh, you know, not show any weakness and, and – uh, you know that that worked for a little while for me, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't fight it. You know I couldn't handle it. Were you aware of symptoms? Were you picking up your mom's symptoms before she recognized them? Oh, I don't think so. You were just a little lost I, in your own. I was, you know, I was. Um, you know, all I remember from you know my past and my mom's. Um, symptoms, you know, dis- her display of her symptoms was that we used to fight a lot. We used to argue a lot, um, which is normal, I think. Of course, but, of course. Um, so, it, you know, I didn't, it was just how things were, and mm. I didn't really. Uh, it's funny how you can find comfort in discomfort, don't you think, Glenn? 
where you just start to think, well, I'm used to this, so this must be normal. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think for listening to Kalen tell his story, um, he went through some pretty hairy times, you know, taken to uh, signing himself in to a locked lockup, basically. And pretty brave, though, to sign yourself in. And going through that. Oh, and you probably was, didn't it's really extreme. know what you were doing. I know, but it's, extraordinar- doing, it's extraordinarily yeah. brave to say, it's time for me to do something he about this. Know. Well, in fact, the only no, <laughs> I didn't, didn't I, I wasn't know. fully. Um, of course, I was psychotic. I have a psychotic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so there, but there was a, a small part of myself that that uh, knew what was going on and knew that I had to to do something for myself in order to to get on the right path. And uh, so I just thank God that you know or whoever that Your that dad. little little piece of myself was still was still thinking you had some sort of power over your situation just for people who don't know psychotic illness is a thought disorder yeah whereas what Jess has is a mood disorder right and what uh, Kaylin has kind of a little bit of both it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a cocktail if you will yeah. uh, we have Glenn Close and her her courageous uh, sister Jessie and, and her son uh, Kaylin joining us here on the Jolt I'm Larry Flick it is indeed Mental Health Awareness Month and um, um, uh, the organization Bring Change to Mind is uh, is launching a new public service uh, campaign um, this month to to support awareness Um so, Glenn, you, you, you've been, you know, uh, we, you, you've, you've heard these stories before. You've lived these stories before. Um, were you able to see any of the symptoms unfolding? Were you thinking, were you thinking, my sister has a, a mental disorder or my sister has a drinking problem? You know, I didn't even know she had a drinking problem. Really? No. I mean, it's... It's really shocking how little I knew. I mean, I she you know, now that I'm more aware of um, early signs, mm. I can think of 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 memories of Jessie when she was six, seven years old. That now, with greater knowledge, would be a red flag. Yeah. Um, so it's sad that you know we weren't as aware so so way back now you can have early intervention and everything but um i i was went to college and then i went straight from college to into my career in new york and she was always out west and i you know i i just wasn't aware i wasn't aware i you know it was a surprise to me that going to aa why are you going to aa you know you don't drink I never saw it. <laughs> so how how deep was the guilt when you found out what was going on? Pretty deep. Pretty deep, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty deep. I felt shame actually. Yeah. Shame. Shame. So I didn't want anyone to know how much I was drinking. I mean, I could, you know, between hiding my ups and downs and alcoholism, I was pretty good at it. So you were you were what they call functional. You were a functional um, drinker. Not really. No. Not, not you were just good at being stealth. Yeah. So, yeah, but also um, all those years when you were J- Jesse was always well, first of all. I always felt like I was her custodian. I always felt like I kind of had a special relationship with Jesse. She was incredibly interesting and funny and original, 
as a child. And um, uh, God, I just lost my train of thought. Knowing, uh, knowing what was happening. Oh yeah. Um, well, let me jump I in here. With, I'm sorry. That's you, <laughs> it's you quite all right. <laughs> it's quite all right. Uh, but let me let me let me just jump in here and ask you when when you. It's very interesting to be an actor where this is happening in your family because so much of your work is psychological. And I think it's all psychological. And one of the great one of the great traits of your work and one of the things that's made you so iconic is your ability to, to disappear so deeply into another persona that we forget it's you. So do you fear that process as an actor, as a woman, because you have a family where this is this is an issue? Oh, that's an interesting question. I honestly think um, if I didn't, you know, I what I do is a craft, and if I didn't know how to come out of a character, I would have gone to the same psychiatric hospital as Jesse. <laughs> so, and, and well, and, and you know, I, I I would be I would not be doing my job if I didn't ask you. Have you feared that you might have some issues? Have you questioned your own issues, your own mental state at various times? In I've your life? had periods of depression. Yeah. Yep. And I've gotten help with it, um, but I do do not think, and I never have feared that I that I had anything more than that. Um, one of the things that we want people to get out of our visit with uh, with Glenn, uh, Kaylin, and Jesse today is that people have things going on that you can understand, things that you might not understand. It doesn't always change their ability to work, do their job well, to raise their children well, to be a good partner. If they're getting help, you can be, uh, I've learned again from my own experience, um, you can be you know, right next to anybody else in the world. And, and, and again, we started this conversation by saying that it is downright criminal that there's still in 2013 this stigma, but what I'm, I'm what I'm thrilled about uh, 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 what you're doing with Bring Change to Mind, Glenn, is you are you and your family so bravely putting yourselves in front of folks as an example because it's one thing for you as you know, a very famous lady whom people respect to talk about this. It's another thing to share your story as a family member because the family member's uh, experience is just as valid. It's a different experience. And then for the two of you to be so courageous you know, and sharing what you do. I, to me, I would not be here without them. Yeah. And, and the fact that when Jesse asked me to help and I, I remember me making the phone call saying, I, I, I want to start this national campaign against stigma, but I won't do it without you. Mm. And And will you and Kaylin be willing to out yourselves nationally as living with mental illness and without hesitation, not even saying, oh, let me think about it for a little while. She, but both of them said yes. Without probably thinking at the moment what it would mean for them. Um, and I don't like to appear anywhere without them, you know, because it's really, I can focus it, but it's their story. And I think uh, it is 
it is researched and very well well uh, supported that the best way to change somebody's attitude about mental illness is to meet somebody and hear their story. I couldn't agree with you more. And yeah. I'm so glad that you brought yeah. your family with you today and that you were both so... One other thing that we're learning, though, and I don't know how much more time we have, is that stigma uh, doesn't change just with attitude. Stigma changes when actually people will be embraced and welcomed as as uh, members of a society who can have uh, full lives, have a home, have a friend, and have a job. Absolutely. And a lot of uh, people with mental illness have been, um, they have been, been denied that. So I know. There's a whole I'm, human rights and, side of it Without well. question. Being accepted in their own families. Too. Yes. Well, you it's know, very, hear because, horror stories. Well, yeah, it. certainly, again, families think, yeah, I remember when I was younger and I was trying to get therapy because I was having irrational thoughts when I was in college, I would not and did not tell my family for fear of them ostracizing me because mm-hmm. I come from a hyper-Catholic family and they would have like, you know, started throwing holy water on me or something. It's very cultural, and yeah. It's very, very cultural. Also Italian, mm-hmm. forget about it. <laughs> so, so, um, but I can tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful, um, Glenn, of course, that you've come to see, see me again, but that you brought your family with you because I can assure you, when we do talk about issues of depression and, and mental health uh, here on this program in other ways, we hear from people who are living with this. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you, in this, in this period of time, you've saved someone's life. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. So congratulations. Thanks. Because you've done something really, really good. The suffering you've experienced and the fact that you're willing to talk about it has not been in vain. And recovery is possible. Kaylin has a wonderful thing that it takes patience and time. Mm-hmm. And that, then, and that um, what stigma does is you can't hate yourself and heal. And a lot of stigma creates self-stigma. So, um, you know, when you self-hatred, self-esteem. That is like the most powerful thing I've heard in a long time. You can't hate yourself and heal. Say that to yourself. Y'all listening right now in your cars and your trucks, say it to yourself. You can't hate yourself and heal. That is so powerful. It makes me want to cry. Seriously. Thank you for that. Glenn Close, Kaylin, Jesse, we are so, so honored that you came here today. And we want you to learn more about Bring Change to Mind. Um, just hit it up on the website. There's a great uh, public service campaign that is unfolding right this minute, right this day. And, um, and just learn more and look around. And, you know, I always tell people, I jokingly say you never know where the person in front of you or behind you online at the supermarket is in his or her falling down moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. that seriously. Because that falling down could be funny or it could be very, very tragic. So be nice to each other. And Glenn, thank you for coming. Oh, I love coming. You know how I love seeing you. And, uh, and I treasure the beautiful letter and the Albert photo that you sent me last year. Um, stick around, y'all. There's more to come on The Jolt. Your love.